to know, Jessica, Jason and Liam, when we look at the at the milestone runners that we've got some really well-credentialed uh, sort of veterans racing right around the state of Victoria at the moment, and, and even those greyhounds that do race just at veteran level, which certainly uh, Aston Prophet, you know, she's running in mixed company, um, we sort of see them really enjoying their racing and there's a lot of detractors about greyhound racing they don't seem to get in their heads that these dogs are super excited to turn up to the track and they love to run yeah absolutely now jessica you spoke with me before we started this recording and you mentioned that you believe that your preparation with your greyhounds is perhaps not typical or a little bit out of the ordinary what do you believe is perhaps your family's key to success or, or your point of difference when you're preparing your animals to take them to the track and, and when we particularly look at all of your fabulous victories as well, what do you think that is different that, that you're doing when you're presenting your animals on race day or race night? I mean, I don't know what other people are doing. We can only, obviously, um, we can only talk about what we do and I, and I mean, no way saying that we are doing a better job than anyone else. Um, we, we clearly love our dogs, all of them, and as individuals. And I think, I guess that's the only thing that I can say. But I'm, but I'm sure that most trainers do that as well. So it's hard to sort of say, oh, we do this and other people don't. Um, you know, I, I think in general, we try to just give them the best life that we possibly can, you know, the best diet, exercise, um, you know, a lot of handling. We have a lot of stuff as well, so you know they get used to a lot of people and travelling and all of that. So I guess it's, it, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, we believe a happy dog will obviously perform better at the track in general. That, that's for us anyway. So um, you know, you try and do everything and to make sure that dog is healthy and well, um, no injuries, and you know, you just all you want is to come home safely with your dog at the end of the day. Well, clearly the proof is in the pudding when we look at the rate of success for your kennel and, and obviously, as you said before, a happy dog, you know, obviously that's key to everything. And their, their emotional well-being is just as important as their physical well-being too. And, and we're obviously seeing it with, it with your attitude at the races. And we, we look at the roll call of, of some of the great names that you've got and some of the prolific winners you know, Aston Merritt, Run Machine, Junk Food Junkie, Devil 16, Aston Lavinia, Hadouken. Recently, you've retired Daniel Avocado, who's another story all on his own. And, and we're now talking about Aston Prophet, who's, who's just won, um, five, you know, not quite five races in a row, but to win uh, at start 104, 101, 199 and 98. I don't want to be continually going over those figures again, but it, but it is extraordinary. And we look at her, when you're t- tipping over... 30 career victories and she's had 31 so far you are heading into elite territory aren't you yeah and that is actually the most uh, winners that we've had with with one dog um uh, so we had a lecture of the cats wasn't it he, he was um he won 30 so um and don't you deal how many did he win i'm not sure how many he won but um yeah but she's certainly she's passed now as the she's got the most wins in the kennel She's owned by Ray Border, um, Aston Prophet. She's signed by Barcy Bale out of Aston Tara Welp back in, in March of 2019. Now, Ray's obviously got breeding aspirations for her. He does, yes. 
Yeah, she's been off the pill for quite a while already, so, um, you know, she could come on at any time, which would be sad for us. She'd be leaving us then, but um, we also have a sister, um, Aston Lavinia, so, yep. and she's a beautiful, terrific um, red dog as well, but she's, she's been off to the breeding bar, so... Aston Bromford will keep racing pretty much. She's free of injury. She always has her whole career, so she'll go until she comes off the season and is ready to have a litter. She'll keep racing. So. And, and Jason, looking ahead to a next start, you've got her booked in for Geelong on the 20th, which is this Friday as well, over 400 metres? Yes, yes that's um, correct. She's in the, the final of the... She was in grade five these last Friday, so... Which, which, of course, she won uh, and, and going very well. And also, Geelong's also uh, a bit of a special track for her, too. That's where she's she's racked up her first victory as well. What, in terms of breeding, has Ray got any particular sire in mind for her at this point? We haven't heard anything from Ray Porter yet. And he normally decides all that on his own, so um, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll find out when everyone else does. Certainly, but uh, no matter what she has, I'm sure she'll have. They will no doubt be um, beautiful as well as uh, very able and capable as well. Um, your family's involvement with the sport really doesn't go back that far in time, and we look at the rate of success that you've had, which which is extraordinary, and the amount of staff that you mentioned earlier that you've got handling the dogs as well. Jason, touch on your sort of first off engagement with the sport. You were firstly an owner, weren't you? Yeah, um, I worked with a guy down the wharf and uh, he had a litter of pups. Right. Um, Jeff Ridden, uh, I think he welcomed Jeff in or something that was along that lines. And then uh, uh, Jared's his name, Jared Sharp, with no relation whatsoever, So, but very good friend of ours now. Um, just a coincidence with the surname? Yeah, just a very coincidence. There was a couple of other boys that would work down the wharf and we... Um, we, the three of us bought, bought that first dog, which was Fosgen. Um, I think he won his first start and won... Oh, he won his first three starts. He won the big three, is it? Um, Shepparton it was. So, um, yeah, he, he was a handy dog, but that was it. We were hooked and, we, yeah, we went from one dog to lots of dogs. So it's, it's gone, it gone out of hand. Oh, well, well done. Now, certainly, um, Jessica, you, you didn't have any prior engagement with greyhound racing in your life? No, no um, not at all. Like, I'm, I'm born in Sweden, so I have, um, and I was actually a bit scared of dogs. I grew up in a flat, so I sort of never were really keen at all to have um, anything to do with dogs, but I do absolutely love them now, so... Well, it's an amazing opportunity to think about how you've gone from not being engaged in this sport at all and typically we look at other racing families, particularly in the horse codes, and you'll see successive generations, and there are two successive generations of greyhound racing at well, but you've pretty much picked it up as newcomers, and you've, you've taken to the track in absolute spades, and your kennel is going so well, and your three children as well. We've got Liam on the phone tonight, Dylan and Mia as well, all proud and, and all handling and, and actively engaged in greyhound racing. Liam, what do you think the sport means to you?
something like handling them at the track because you get a lot of one-on-one time with this one dog and you get to know them and their personalities. Um, and just seeing the dogs going from all the way they get born here till then mum rehomes them and they go out to a loving home and you just get photos of them on the couch and all that. It, it's, it's very fulfilling. Well, that's a lovely lifespan that you guys as a family are covering as well. And if we can touch on that as well, you're, you're rearing, the, you're breeding, you're rearing the pups. And then after they're, you know, obviously you're looking after them while they're racing and training them. But after their racing careers, you're rehoming them as well. Jessica, what do you think is the most fulfilling aspect of a greyhound's life or what point of their life do you do you find the most enjoyable with all of the aspects that you cover? I mean, um, probably, I, I really love the, uh, love the wealth, not the wealth itself so much, but uh, the little puppies, when they're puppies and then, um, you know, you get to know them so well um, all the way to when they get to the kennels and they, when they have their first start at the track and uh, it, it's a sense of you know, you feel so proud, like a proud mum, because you sort of remember from when they were, you know, six weeks old and we have them out playing in front of the house and, you know, we, all, all the family, we all go around and we just play with the pups outside and you sort of remember them and we take photos and it's just fun and then you see them at the racetrack and you think, I can't believe this, you know, so that, that, that is a nice achievement. And then whether they, I mean, of course you want every dog to win and be successful, but not all of them are, but it just, it's still a bad achievement. As long as they hit the track and they make it to the track, to, to me that's, you know, they've done their job and then after that we just take it, off, you know, for what it is and they're not suitable or whatever, we then move them on to become our pets. And certainly you go to, to great levels to ensure those that aren't suitable races and as we all know, not everyone will be successful on the track. You ensure that, you know, these dogs all go off to, to a happy household somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we we probably have at any given time maybe, you know, five or six um, that we're actively looking for a home for. And, you know, there's no rush and we always, you know, we always try and educate even the new families with any help they can. We all have, we probably have about five or ten probably now that are coming back probably every six months to get their nails clipped and, you know, and it's just so nice to see the dog, you know, maybe sometimes two years after they've left our kennel and then they ring up and say, Jessica, we're too scared to cut the nails, can we come? You know, <laughs> it's a nice feeling to see them again and you can see that they are so spoiled and loved and, yeah. Well, that's certainly, I, I think a lot of people that perhaps don't know anything about greyhound racing might be surprised to hear that a kennel that is prolific with, with victories than yours is goes to great levels, not only to rehome them and look after them from sort of right from their birth to the to the other side of their racing careers when they're rehomed into it into a normal household just as a pet, but to those that had no capacity on the track that certainly weren't going to be a superstar, you know, you're worried about their nails and, and inviting new owners that, that take on your great hunts to visit you anytime and, and the follow-up is there and, and you you have a handle on exactly what is going on with their lives, which is uh, Terrific to hear, and I believe that you're all great ambassadors for the sport. So, uh, certainly to each and every one of you, to Jessica, Jason, Liam, who's with us tonight on the phone as well, and to your brother and sister Dylan and Mayor, congratulations. 
Um, I think you're absolutely wonderful advertisement for Greyhound Racing yeah, and certainly as we look ahead to Aston Profits uh, 105th start this Friday at Geelong all I can say is all the very best to you all and thank you for spending some time with us and sharing your story on the GRB News Podcast Thank you Thank you very much All the very best Team Sharp and we look forward to seeing you soon at the races Bye. Bye. Bye.